Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. I'm Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church in South Florida, where our aim is to point people up to God, teach them to follow Jesus, and equip them to make a difference. Thanks for connecting with us, and we pray that you are blessed by this message. Hey, come on, give somebody an elbow, tell them it's going to be good. It is going to be good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for the love. October is... uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, and we really feel loved in this church because we have a team that loves us. Uh, we have a church that loves us. We have a God that loves us. And uh, I just want to say that for Ghislaine and myself, and I know I speak for all the other pastors as well, uh, we feel blessed and honored to be pastors of such an awesome church. So we love you, and we thank you for the love. The best and biggest thing you guys can do is uh, support us in your prayers. And I will ask for some prayer for my father, our founding pastor. Uh, he's going to have a procedure tomorrow, so just keep him in prayer so that he will be well and he will recuperate uh, 100%. That's what we're expecting. So thank you all for your prayers in advance. New series, everybody. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Uh, the art of neighboring. Um, here's, here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about, think about the day that you moved to the house that you currently live in. And I want you to think about some of the first conversations you had with a few of your neighbors. I want you to think of that. Think about the first conversations you had. And how did you feel when you had that first conversation with, with some of your neighbors? That, that could be a range of excited and, you know, cool to worried and fearful. Like, I'm going to have to live next to this person, right? Depending on how that conversation went, how it felt, uh, the person's demeanor. Um, would you agree that the quality of your neighbors can have an impact on your life? Yeah, Uh, um, that could vary to certain degrees, and in some cases it could be more or less. Um, When you think of your neighbors, there may be some neighbors who are actually kind of friendly or friends, but then there also can be some that kind of feel like they're (laughs) enemies. Um, Have you ever had a difficult neighbor? Um, I remember when my wife and I were in our first apartment after we first got married, um, I think she may have t- talked about this a little bit recently in a message. We had a downstairs neighbor who was, who was a bit difficult. And it wasn't that she was an, you know, unkind. It's just that she was particularly um, picky about us living and walking in our apartment. Uh, um, I don't know if she had extra you know, bionic ears, but apparently everything we did uh, was an issue. So I, I remember, I remember at times, literally, we would catch ourselves kind of like, like walking like this in our own apartment. Uh, and whenever we would have our nephews and nieces over, that was always like, oh, Lord Jesus, please don't let her be here while they're here. Because, you know, kids like to, you know, walk strong in the apartment. So anyway, we, we got through it and we said, thank you, Jesus, when we were able to move, move into our new home after that. Because your neighbors and the relationships with them can have an effect uh, on your life. Um, our neighbors play a role in our lives. I think we would all agree. How many would agree with this statement? I want to have great neighbors. Anybody agree with that? Yeah, yeah. We all kind of say we want to have great neighbors. Um, and, and here's a question we might ask ourselves. Do I have good neighbors? That's a good question. Do I have good neighbors? Here's an even, here's an even better question. Am I a good neighbor? Am I a good neighbor? I think that's a question I want us to explore throughout this series. In other words, how do my neighbors view me? What impact am I having 
on my neighbor's lives? Positive, negative, or none? Important questions to consider, I think. Uh, so today, we're beginning this new series entitled, The Art of Neighboring. Everybody say it. The Art of Neighboring. Today's message is entitled, Love Your Neighbor. And before I pray, I want to invite us. Um, we're a church that believes in the Bible, the Word of God. So I want you to go to two places. Um, Matthew 22, but then put a little marker or a bookmark in Luke 10, in those two spots. Those are the two kind of main spots we're going to be at the beginning. First, we're going to be in Matthew 22. Then we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. I truly believe that this series has the potential to have an incredible impact, not just on us, but on the neighbor, in the neighborhoods that we live in and the communities that surround our homes, whether it's a house, an apartment. Is it okay if I pray? Lord, right now we just come before you, inviting you into this moment. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this service. We ask that you would speak to us through your word. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be fertile soil to receive the good seeds of truth from your word. I pray that those seeds would grow, that they would flourish, and that they would bring about great fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. You know, we believe strongly here at Vertical Church that we have uh, kind of a clear vision to help every human being do four things, help them to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and together make a difference. I believe that God has called each and every one of us to make a difference in the world that we live in. Uh, Sometimes we mistakenly think that the only way to be on mission for God is by going to Africa or by going to Latin America on a missions trip, not realizing that God has a mission for each and every one of us that's a lot closer than we think. In fact, it's right under our nose. In fact, the mission is right next door. It's right in front of us, right above us. Um, there was a moment when Jesus was asked a very important question, and they asked him, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? So I want to go there. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. We're going to read verses 34 to 40. Remember, we're highlighters here at Vertical Church. We highlight the Bible. We learn the Bible. We read the Bible. uh, We love the Bible. Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. And it says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees, which by the way were like religious leaders of the time, the Jewish religious leaders, they got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. By the way, in, uh, in, it says here, tested him. Other versions said wanted to trap him, if you're in Spanish too. Because sometimes people that came to ask Jesus questions, or even us sometimes, sometimes people want to know more about Jesus, but sometimes they just want to test and trap. So it's important to know that. Sometimes there are people that they're so smart that they want to try to test and trap. Okay, and it says, and it says, tested him with this question. Verse 36, teacher, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Okay, so pause right there. This is what's known as the great commandment. The great commandment. What is the great commandment? One, love God with with everything, all your heart, soul, mind, strength. 
And the second one is love who? Love your neighbor as who? As yourself. Okay, this is the great commandment, not to be confused with the great commission. The great commission is to go throughout the whole world and preach the gospel, right? Um, uh, the great commandment, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So the first one, love God, is usually a little bit easier if you believe in God. If you believe in God and you, and you believe that God is a good God, that he is creator, that he is savior, that he is healer, that he is lover of our souls, it, it's, it's, it's easy to love God because he is a good God. He loves us unconditionally. Uh, but the second one can be a little bit more of a challenge for us. Why? Because people can be a challenge, and it's love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I, I, like, I like to say sometimes, Jesus, if you think about it, Jesus is a genius. Like, really. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard about this. I've learned about this, and it always makes me, it always makes me think. Um, Einstein's five levels of intellect. I don't know if I've, has anybody ever heard of Einstein's five ascending levels of intellect? Let me share them with you because it's brilliant, right? So Einstein's five levels of intellect are the following. Level one, smart. A person who's smart. Level two, intelligent. Level three, brilliant. Anybody know anybody brilliant? Yeah? Puff out your chest a little bit. Brilliant. Yeah. Number four, genius. Genius. Now check this out. Check this out. Number five, Simple. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. And the premise of this is that so many people take simple things and make them extremely complicated. But the most brilliant, genius, intelligent, smart, the most intellectual people take complicated things and make them simple. Jesus had a way of doing this. This is one of those examples, a way of taking things that are complicated. The religious leaders of the time, and by the way, religious people nowadays are really good at making simple things really complicated. But as we see here in this response, Jesus gives us the most strategic and greatest commandment that would change the world if believers throughout the world actually did it. A plan that could literally change the world one community and neighborhood at a time. What would, happen if every, what would happen if every Christian believer here in this church and all the other four services today actually did what Jesus says? There's an interesting fact I don't have time to delve into, but there's an interesting fact regarding like overall city leaders in the United States. Like city leaders can't tell a noticeable difference between how Christians and non-Christians treat their neighbors. Because there is nothing that differentiates neighbors nowadays. And, and that's a problem. How do we reconcile that with what Jesus is saying here? He says, if you just do one thing, love God above all and love your neighbor as yourself. All right, so let's look at a, let's look at a parallel passage in Luke 10. Let's look at a parallel passage in Luke 10. More questions that come to Jesus as we talked in the last series by popular demand, a lot of times when Jesus spoke and taught, it was in response to questions. And I, I would imagine that the person responding to Jesus in this passage in Luke 10 maybe heard Jesus in the past passage that we just read in Matthew 22. Because it says in Luke 10, 25, on one occasion, an expert, by the way, this is Luke 10, verses 25 to 29. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In other words, what do I got to do to go to heaven? 
And, and so Jesus answers his question with a question. What is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Verse 29, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Okay, so let's stop right there. Here's another good question. Who is my neighbor? This man asked Jesus. In other words, the first thought that this guy has is, okay, 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 okay. Who do I not have to love? Because I want to get to heaven, and I got to love God, and I got to love my neighbor as myself. So, because so, that's how we humans are. Like, we want to know, how do we make this easy for us? So, who do I not have to love? Who, who's my neighbor? Because that's who I got to love. In order to justify himself, it says, how do you define neighbor? And, you know, we can be involved in great things in our jobs and in our schools and in our communities and be doing great things and at the same time not even know one of our neighbor's names. It's interesting. Is my neighbor the people that go to church with me? Because I can love them. Is my neighbor the people at work, my colleagues, my classmates at school? Uh, is my neighbor my family and the people that look like me and are like me and that believe like me? Because I can love those people. And by the way, the answer is yes. That's part of who your, neighbor's, who your neighbor is. But the funny thing is that when Jesus was asked this question, and we don't have time to read it right now, there, right there in Luke 10, he goes on to tell a very well-known story known as the story of the Good Samaritan. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Where there is this person... Uh, who is beat up and robbed and left for dead. You know the story, right? The Good Samaritan. And, and, uh, and in the story that Jesus tells, this is a person who's obviously in need. And, and, and a, bunch of, a bunch of people walk by and they don't do anything about it. They cross over, walk to the other side of the street and keep on going, including religious leaders, Levites, Pharisees, people that are supposed to know the word and do the right thing. They don't do it. And then Jesus uses in that story a Samaritan man, which, by the way, if you don't know a little bit of the history, Jewish people and Samaritan people, they don't mix well. They don't like each other. And so even that example was almost insulting to the Jewish people that Jesus was teaching, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the leaders, because he's saying the leaders didn't do it. The, 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 the pastor didn't do it. The, the worship leader didn't do it. But this Samaritan guy, that guy that we all hate, he came and actually saw and he did something. He helped him. And it's interesting. Um, could it be that when you take care of the person that's right in front of you that has a need, that that's loving your neighbor? Which, by the way, the Samaritan, that the person that was beaten and, and broken was a Jewish person. This was a Samaritan. They were different. So are people who are different than me also my neighbor? People that see things differently, that maybe even believe differently, are they my neighbor? And so... We see that the way Jesus responds by the Good Samaritan parable, it's clear that my neighbor, yes, includes the people that I know and I love, but my neighbor also includes people that I don't know and maybe don't love and people that are in need that are right in front of me, not people that are on another continent that maybe I could help as well, but how about the ones that are right here? So nowadays we live around so many people who actually are different than us. Uh, sometimes when you move into a neighborhood or when other people move into your neighborhood, it's not necessarily people that are the same, and there's all kinds of people different. What if we considered the people who actually live next door to us to be our neighbor? 
you know, another idea or thought is, well, the truth is everybody's my neighbor. And there is truth to that. But if you see everybody as your neighbor, it's the same as seeing no one as your neighbor. Because if everybody's your neighbor, you can't, you can't do everything for everyone as a human being. And so in aiming for everyone, oftentimes we end up loving no one. And so many times the person right next door, the person right in front, the person right above, the person right diagonal is a person who's in need. And so I can love my neighbor by blessing the people that God has placed around me and, by the way, has placed me around them. So maybe we need to start at the basic level and just begin by getting to know the people who live around us. Here's the truth. Here's the reality, okay, about every one of us. Our neighbors are one of three things to us. Our neighbors are either, are either a stranger, because we don't know who they are, an acquaintance, because we, we know something about them, or a friend, someone that we're in relationship with. Think about that. Think right now about the people that you live around. So here's what I want to do. I want to share, practically speaking, this last half of the message, the three Ds of neighboring. I'm going to give you the three Ds of neighboring. You guys ready? Take some notes here. Three Ds of neighboring. Number one, number one, here's my encouragement to you. Based on the great commandment from Jesus, develop friendships. Number one, develop friendships. Develop friendships. So what's the first step in developing a friendship? You have to introduce yourself, greet somebody, and learn their name. Learning your neighbor's name is a great first step. Can I get an amen? <laughs> All right, so I want to do, do a quick little activity. In the seat back pocket of every seat, you should see an index card like this. Grab one index card from your seat. The front row, we have an usher here that's going to help out with an index card and grab a pen. And then right after we finish this, you can put that pen right back and you can keep your index card. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this together. If you have somebody next to you who's not reaching for the index card, tell them, be obedient. Be obedient. Don't be a rebel. This is good to, to do this. I want every single person with an index card in their hand. When you have your index card in your hand, raise it up. I want to see it. 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 Okay. Okay. Over here. Do we have index cards over here? We don't have index cards over here? No? Uh, Index cards right in front of your seats, right in front of your seats. All right, this is really important. I want everybody to do this, all right? All right, with that pen, here's what I want you to do. You can use either side, either side, and I want you to make a tic-tac-toe board just like this. It's right up here. For those of you who don't know what a tic-tac-toe board is, right here. <laughs> and I want you to, to, to draw that right there on your card. If you're at home, find a scrap piece of paper and do this. It's only going to take about a minute and a half or two here. And so here's what I want you to do. You have your tic-tac, everybody got your tic-tac-toe board? Yeah. All right, so now look at this image. Look at this image. Um, the next image, right in the middle, I want, you to put, I want you to put my home in the middle. I want you to write there, my home. If you want to be really formal, you can put your address. All right? So here's what I want you to do. If you notice, there's eight slots around your home. Every one of us live in different circumstances and situations. Some are in houses, some are in apartments. I want you to consider the closest eight neighbors that you have. For example, if this is me, maybe that's my front neighbor, my side neighbor, my side neighbor, diagonal, my behind neighbor. Or if I'm in an apartment, maybe that's the person next to me, next to me, above me. Think of the eight closest neighbors that you have where you live. Are you guys with me? Now, in each of those boxes, I want you to write the first names 
of the people who live in those closest eight homes. I'm gonna give you about two minutes. You are not allowed to say the lady with the crazy hair. You are not allowed to say the guy with the two Dalmatians. You're not allowed to say the grumpy lady. <laughs> I'm gonna give you about a minute and a half, two minutes. Some of you apparently have no thoughts or don't know how to write or you've completed your assignment. Interesting. What's that guy's name? Charlie? Bobby? <laughs> and, and here's something interesting, just for fun, for a little extra feel good for the day. You can write how many years you've been living in that home. For example, 15 years. So I'll confess, the first time that I was invited to do this exercise, I felt good about myself because I didn't know some, you know, but it was a little bit convicting because I've been living in my house for almost 50, yeah, 15 years, and there was a few names that I didn't have yet. And um, he, he, so here I'm curious, I'm curious, and I'm not going to ask all the numbers. I'm just going to ask one question. Does anybody have, have all eight, you know, all eight names? Uh, of all the people who live in all eight homes. Okay, I see one hand, two hand, three hands. Okay, three or four subtle hands. The Lord knows, by the way, the Lord knows if that's true or not. The Lord knows if that's true or not. But I will say that's great, but if you notice, it's like less than 1%, maybe 2% of people in this whole auditorium, not to mention in our whole church. Most people, including Christians, can't even name half their neighbors. Think about that. Think, think about that in relation to the great commandment. Love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. You want to know why? Because in order to love someone, you got to know their name. You can't love someone that you don't know. And so this exercise is really, is really important, I think. And here's what I want to do. Here's what we want to do at Vertical, because we always want to help you in your walk with God and in his calling on your life. On your way out, you're going to get one of these. It's a, it's a refrigerator magnet, okay? It's a magnet, okay? So I'm, and it says, who is my neighbor? <laughs> and you can use like a, like a dry erase marker, okay? Because sometimes neighbors move, right? Or uh, I guess people change their names, but you <laughs> start filling them in. And have them on your, on your refrigerator or on the side of your refrigerator, somewhere there. So you can, I, I want to give you the challenge in the month of October to start to fill in these boxes. Can, can I get a yeah, yeah? I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I want to encourage you and challenge you. Not because you're doing something for the pastor. Because you're following one of the greatest commandments of Jesus. And I want you to do that. And I want you to challenge yourself to actually complete them. The, the eight closest people that, that live to you live close to you. And I want to challenge you. And if, and if one of your neighbors happens to come into your house one day and sees this, you could just tell them, hey, my pastor at church, he's a really handsome guy. He preaches really well. And he challenged me. And, uh, and hey, I'm praying for my neighbors. I want to know all their names. That's why I got your name there. Um, so, so on your way out, one per household, by the way. Oh, my, my daughter wants one. No, one per household. 
because we want everybody to be able to get one today as they exit church, all right? And if you're watching online, come to church. If you come to church, you get prizes, all right? Um, it all starts with knowing somebody's name. Uh, you know, in Luke 16, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Sometimes we're not being trustworthy with little, and yet we're asking God, God, give me a big mission. And sometimes there's a mission right next door, and we don't even see it. Sometimes we've lived next to somebody for five to ten years, and we don't even know their name or their son's name. We might even know, oh, look, that's, that's Duke, the dog. When we speak someone's name, we speak value into them. Has anybody ever remembered your name that you didn't expect them to, and they remembered your name, and you were like, whoa, they know me. They know my There's something powerful in using someone's name. It's, my, it's a lot better than, hey, bro. What's up, pal? Right? But when you say a name, by the way, I've heard studies that people's favorite word is their name. Like, for example, do you guys hear angels when people say verge? When we speak people's name, we speak their favorite word. We add value to them, and it's a good place to start. Can I get an amen? So this, this, this assignment, this task, is a really good place to start, all right? Some of you are super happy because you got like four, five, six, you know, a few of you, which go talk to God if it's true, no, all eight. But a few of you got zero, and it's a good opportunity to say, all right, Lord, I'm going to take some steps. Second D of neighboring. Discover stories. So the, so, so the first D, we already talked about it, is develop friendships. And number two is discover stories. You know, there's a story of, of a woman that had an encounter with Jesus in John 4. You don't have to look for it. Actually, yeah, go to John 4. Let's go to John 4. We're not going to read the whole story. Any, anybody ever heard the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman? It's a powerful, it's like a powerful encounter story. Um, with Jesus. And here, here's, the, here's the cool thing about, about this story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman is that in a very short amount of time, Jesus establishes a, a connection, a relationship with this woman who he didn't know and whom she did not know him. And the interesting thing is, again, we're talking about the same dynamic. She was different than him. He was different than her. He is Jewish man. She's a Samaritan woman. And the Jews and the Samaritans don't mix. They actually clash. And so she's very surprised when this Jewish man is all of a sudden talking to her. And, uh, and, and she's, she's not getting it. But, G, but, but, but he's so different than everyone else. Because, by the way, she was kind of an outcast, kind of a bad reputation woman. And eventually, eventually, Jesus got to her story. And this woman's story was full of heartbreak, was full of divorce, was full of shame, mistakes and a lot of hurt and pain and Jesus through talking with her having a conversation with her discovers her story and when you discover someone's story it's it's a pathway to their heart and by the way when someone discovers your story it's a pathway to your heart and, and so look look what she said after this encounter verse 28 John 4 verse 28 then Leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town, and look what she said. She said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. <laughs> she said, come see a guy who knows my story. 
come check out this man who told me everything. In other words, he actually knows who I am. He, he's taken the time to understand something about me. If you remember the story, right? You remember her story? Her story was that Jesus says, hey, what about your husband? And she's like, oh, I don't have a husband. He's like, yeah, you've had five, and the one you're with right now isn't your husband. And, and kind of got to a place. And, and, and I, by the way, I'm not, I'm not telling you to go talk about that right away on the first conversation with your neighbor. But, but when you discover someone's story, you discover a pathway to their heart. And look what it says in 39, in verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony, which was, he told me everything I ever did. He discovered my story. So a lot of people believe because of her. So imagine, imagine how many other people in our neighborhoods may begin to believe when we just begin to discover one person's story. When he got to her story, he got to her heart. And if we're going to be intentional with our neighbors and really fulfill the great commandment, we have to discover their stories. And by the way, that means that maybe the first couple times it's, hey, nice yard. But eventually is, hey, how's your mom doing with the cancer? Because you've talked enough to discover part of the story. Because if you don't talk, all you know is, oh, nice tree. But hey, Susie, tell me, how's Philip doing? How's he doing after the operation? Do you see superficial and heart? Do you see how you can go 10 years and not know the name? And you might be 10 days and already, how can I pray for you? <laughs> I mean, do you see how genius Jesus is? He makes something that we sometimes complicate so simple. So, so here's a question. You know your neighbor on the right? What's her story? You know the guy who lives in front? What's up with him? What about that kid? What about that kid that rides his bike across every day? You know that guy who limps? What's the story there? I think that when we begin to develop relationships and discover stories, what that requires is for us to have a genuine interest. In other words, we got to get good at asking questions. Some of us, for some of us, that comes really easy, especially those of us who are kind of extroverted and, are, and enjoy that. So, so again, for some of you that are more in, maybe more introverted, doesn't come as naturally, do not use that as an excuse. I challenge you and I encourage you, get a list of questions that you can choose from, but, but have one because at least that shows, you know what, I'm going to try. And that question might be, hey, can, can I give you the first one? Hey, so-and-so, hey. Because you know, you know how people, people nowadays, like, almost they, they don't want to say hi. And you don't, like, you don't either. We live in homes that are fenced. Sometimes we're in gated communities with security to get in. We have fences, and then we have an electronic garage door so we can go right in and don't have to look at anybody or wave at anybody. That's the culture and society that we live in. And if we do get out, and if we get out and our neighbor's out, we kind of wait in the car, like, just for a second, see if they go away. See, uh, and they move, you get out, and yeah. Why do we laugh? I know why we laugh. But, but you know what the first conversation might be? It might be, hey, hey, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know that we've been living here for, for, for a while, and you too, and I just, I don't 
I've never asked you your name. I'm so sorry. I'm Verge. What's your name? Hey, Bill. It's great to meet you. That might be the first conversation. Big recommendation. Once they tell you, write it down. Because if you don't, you're going to wake up the next morning and be like, oh, my gosh. And then you're going to see him again. And you'll be like, hey, buddy. So conversation two might have to be, hey, I'm so sorry. I know you told me your name yesterday. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to set you up to win in an area that can set you up to win in your Christianity and your walk with God and God's call on your life. Sometimes we have to learn other people's stories, by the way, by sharing our story first. So in the process, it's, hey, nice yard, or hey, what's going on? Hey, good luck on your test. But eventually it's, it's hey, What's going on? Hey, hey, man, God's doing some great things in my life. And, and sometimes when I share my story, it leads the way to a person sharing their story. We're going to talk a lot about this during this series. So number one, the three Ds of neighboring, develop friendships, which is where we learn somebody's name. Number two is discover stories, which is when we find a pathway to people's hearts just by simply being interested, <clears throat> by caring enough. And, and I'll give some tips of practically how to do this, which, by the way, you will have to get out of the mode of running to the door when nobody's looking uh, and maybe pausing and looking around and allowing the Lord to use you. Number three, with each one, as it happens, determine next steps. Determine next steps. Now, every neighbor is not this created equal. And by the way, every neighbor might not want to talk to you, <laughs> right? Because um, sometimes that's how we are, right? And, and so this doesn't mean that every single one is going to want to volunteer their name. We're going to want to talk to you. You know, everybody's different, but, but... The next step with one is, Lord, I just help me be able to find, get their name at one point and, you know, break some ice. And the next step with another one whose name you already know might be, hey, let's get some coffee or, or bringing them some cookies. Or the next step with another one might be offering to pray for something, you know. But determine a few next steps because when you determine a few next steps, you're being intentional and saying, Lord, I don't know when and what you want to do in their life, but I want to be a part of it. And... And, and, and so, so here's a key for this one. Here's a key is prayer. I encourage you to pray. If my neighbor is Bob, Lord, I pray that you would help me figure out what's the next step with Bob. Lord, I don't know if they know you. If they do know you, I want to encourage them to continue. And if they don't know you, Lord, use me so that maybe they can begin to know you. Give me, Lord, give me wisdom and strategy with Bob. Lord, with Linda, Lord, help me understand how maybe I can encourage Linda. What might be a blessing to her? And, and, and who knows, if the Holy Spirit begins to just give you strategic insights and ideas to actually love your neighbor. Somebody had an idea. Well, I'm going to give more ideas in another service, but what if you start a birthday log with the neighbors? Hey, listen, I just want to know when birthdays are because we celebrate birthdays. We would like to love on people. What would that mean to a neighbor to get a little cupcake from you, their neighbor, saying happy birthday? I mean, sometimes the littlest details can make the greatest impacts. How can I help them take a next step? You know, Paul says in, in the New Testament, I planted, Apollos watered, somebody else worked, you know. And so here's the thing. With that person next door, maybe somebody planted a seed at some point. And maybe now you and I are coming to water. Or maybe somebody planted and watered and somebody worked it and you and I are coming and it's time to get saved. Or it's time to invite to church. Or, or it's, it's part of the problem. Or maybe you're just the one that's going to plant. 
And later somebody else is going to come and water and the Lord. But you're part of that chain to salvation. You're part of that chain to life transformation. It's a way of seeing it. It's a way of understanding it. Determine those next steps. You know, I think God can potentially surpass our expectations. I want to finish off with one last Bible passage. Let's go together to Acts chapter 17. Is anybody getting something out of this today? Is anybody, yeah? Yeah, we we like to bring the Bible to a practical place here at Vertical Church. Let's let's follow Jesus' example of high intellect and be simple. (laughs) Because higher than brilliance and genius is simple, which means we take things that the world complicates and we make them simple. That's what Jesus did and that's what he does. And I want you to check out what Paul says here. In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, Paul is in Athens. He's, he's kind of teaching and preaching in, in, a, in a circumstance that he's in in Athens. And look what Paul says in verse 26 of Acts 17. He says, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked, check this out, he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. You heard that? God marked out your appointed time in history and the boundaries of your lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. What this text is telling us is that you've been placed in your neighborhood for a specific reason. You live where you live on purpose. God put you there and he put people around you and he put people there as well so that you and I would shine God's light wherever we are so that you and I would be conduits, that we would be um, carriers, that we would be contagious, that we would connect people with him, that we would help people look up in a vertical direction. Now, when you and I begin to see our neighbors and neighborhood in this way, it changes the way you approach where you live. You no longer rush out of your car with a garage door open to get in without saying hello. You actually stop and pause. You stay outside, maybe shoot a few hoops with some of the kids in the neighborhood. You look for opportunities to say hi and to introduce yourself. I wonder what would happen if we all did this. Now, does this mean you're going to be best friends with every one of your neighbors? No. But it does mean that you may make a really great connection, which may be mutually reciprocal. Maybe there's some great people that God has there for you, and maybe God has you to be a great person for the people that are there. And just because I'm not going to be best friends with everybody doesn't mean I might not be really good friends or make a great connection or help somebody know God that lives around me. Can you imagine? I mean, just, take, just think for a second. Can you imagine the impact if every Christian actually learned the names of the neighbors who lived around them? I mean, let's just talk about our church. This is one of five services. Can you imagine if all of us as Christians learned the names of the people around us and were intentional in loving our neighbors as ourselves? Do you think that there would be any impact? Do you think that there would be some life impact and transformation 
What is God going to do through this group of people that God has placed around you and me? And sometimes we're thinking, oh my gosh, I want to go on a missions trip to Africa or to Europe or to South America. And that's great. There's going to be opportunities for that. But can I tell you that there's a mission field right next door? There is a mission field right around where you live. You know, I know a lot of the stories here. A lot of the stories of the people in our church. And I've said this in other services and I'll say it in every service. Some of your stories is exactly this. Some, a neighbor loved you enough to invite you to church. Somebody who knows you or who you, or who you know to, went out on the limb and said, hey, why don't you come to church? I'd love for you to come to church. You know what I found, which is interesting? Sometimes people who are newer in the faith, like younger Christians, are inviting more than people who are older in the faith. And that shouldn't be. I think we should all be equally reaching out to people, I think sometimes we get so comfortable with knowledge, which by the way, be careful with knowledge, even knowledge of God's word, because sometimes when we're learning so much, knowledge puffs up. And sometimes we begin to think that we know so much and we don't realize that we're all still learning. And, uh, and I want to encourage all of us from younger believers to older believers from mature Christians to maybe spiritually immature Christians who are taking steps towards maturity. Um, Be careful with knowledge. Knowledge will puff up. But guess what? You don't have to be careful with love. Get a lot of love. Love God with everything and love your neighbors at yourself. Imagine if every one of us learned the names of our neighbors. And if every one of us discovered some of their stories and how we can love them as a pathway to their heart, and imagine if we could determine some next steps and how to connect them with Jesus. You know what's something cool about October? We intentionally put this series in October because at the end of this month, we have something called Family Fun Night, our biggest evangelistic event of the year, our biggest outreach to the community event of the year. On the way out, there's flyers for Family Fun Night. It's got the information in Spanish on one side and English on the other side. It's got a little, it's got a little um, raffle ticket for anybody who it's their first time who's never been to Vertical that, on that day. You could take these, your neighbors. We, we even made some door hangers with a little, with little slit you can hang on, on a door so that maybe your neighbors might receive an invite later this month or in the weeks to come. Who knows if this invitation, maybe they don't even come, but it leads to a conversation and you get to know their name. Step one, maybe they do come. Maybe they don't know Jesus. Maybe a few weeks from October 31st, because of this and because of your intentionality, we'll see a raised hand here at church saying, I think I want to know God. I want to accept Jesus. So, So we want to put some resources in your hands. Our number one ask today is this. Commit today to begin to learn the names of your neighbors. Why, pastor? Well, Jesus said the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second one is like it. It's love your neighbor as yourself. Who is my neighbor? Who is it that I really got to love? And who do I not got to love? So I don't waste time. Hey, let's just start with taking the great commandment literally and actually loving our neighbor. What would ha- imagine what would happen if we learned some names, developed some friendships, discovered some stories, 
and determine some next steps. This time next year, what might our block feel like? What might those relationships be like? I think the Lord may surprise us. Can we pray? Lord, thank you for your word. Your word is truth. And today, as always, your word speaks to our hearts. I pray, Lord, that we would be sensitive to your voice, that we would be attentive to your call. I pray, Lord, that we would not just hear your words, but that we would put them to action and do what your word says. I pray today, Lord, that we would recognize the great commandment of Jesus, that we are to love God with all our heart, soul, and strength, but that we are also called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And Lord, I pray that we would start practically by loving our neighbors. Lord, give us eyes to see what we haven't seen maybe for a few years since we've been living there. Give us ears to listen for words that come from their hearts. Give us wisdom to pray for them and strategize next steps in how we can help, add value, love, encourage, bless, and love our neighbors. Lord, regardless of whether they are like us or different than us, regardless of whether we normally would interact or not interact with them, I pray that even this week we would find intentionality in our hearts and a willing disposition to be used by you to make a difference in our communities. Lord, help us in this art that we're calling the art of neighboring. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Good word. Thanks for listening to the Vertical Church Podcast. And thank you to all of you who give generously to this ministry. You make this ministry possible. You can always give online by visiting us at verticalchurch.com. And if you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, rate it, share it with your friends, and you can also share it on social media and tag us at vertical underscore social. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you.